This is London. Constant practice seems to be improving the aim of Britain's anti-aircraft gunners. Two and probably three German aircraft are believed to have been brought down by anti-aircraft guns early today during raids over a southwest town. Last night's raids appear to have been isolated and few German aircraft were involved. Bombs were dropped in one district in the Midlands and in another on the northeast coast. The official communique states that little damage was done and no one was seriously injured. Last night, the Admiralty announced that the submarine Salmon was overdue and must be presumed lost. This morning, the loss of the destroyer Brazen is announced. It is stated that the Brazen received damage during an attack by enemy aircraft and subsequently sank while being towed into port. And there was no loss of life. There is no indication of the Brazen's position when she was bombed, and it is not stated whether the bombs fell from German or Italian aircraft. Piecing together the various reports of air attacks against surface craft, particularly merchant shipping, one gets the impression that considerable damage is done by heavy bombs which score what are called near misses. The concussion of several near misses is apparently sufficient to open up a merchantman and cause her to sink. For the last few weeks, a quiet battle has been going on between the Ministry of Information and the British press. There have been those who wanted to tighten up the censorship restrictions and compel the newspapers to submit everything before publication. The newspapers have won the argument. The present system of voluntary censorship is to be continued, and there will be no further restrictions upon the expression of opinion. The publication of information likely to be useful to the enemy is, of course, still banned. But it has been agreed that newspapers publishing such material will now be prosecuted by the Ministry of Information rather than by one of the fighting services. The explanation given is that the fighting services are too busy with other things. And the Ministry of Information will increase the number of people detailed to study the newspapers and magazines in search of possible violations of defense regulations. London newspapers continue to find evidence of increasing tension between Germany and Russia. There are reports that Chano and Ribbentrop, during their talks ten days ago, agreed to make a joint demarche to Moscow, demanding that Soviet policy should be immediately clarified. The Balkans correspondent of the London Times states that on July 6th, the railway station at Minsk, where the Russian oil is transferred from the broad-gauge Soviet tankers to the narrower German ones, was partly destroyed. The correspondent states that 16 Soviet tankers crashed into a German train. A fire was started, part of the station burned, the damage being so great that the Minsk freight yards are now useless. It is pointed out here that Dr. Goebbels has not yet made any serious attempt to explain how Russia's encroachment on Germany's self-proclaimed sphere of influence can be explained away as a victory for the Berlin-Moscow alliance. Most of today's London papers report that Stalin has sent King Carroll a note stressing the desirability of a, quote, popular government, unquote, in Romania. The hard-pressed Romanian king is said to be seeking advice again from Hitler and Mussolini. The Bulgars, impatient for the return of Dobroja, are reported to be thinking that their demands may be obtained more quickly by leaving the Nazi orbit and siding with the Soviet. But despite all these reports of increasing tension between Germany and Russia, informed opinion in London does not anticipate any immediate clash between Germany and the Soviet Union. Haile Selassie, Emperor of Abyssinia, is now in Khartoum, and it is expected that strong efforts will be made by Britain to encourage revolutionary activity in Abyssinia. Lord Halifax is to broadcast tonight when he is expected to give Britain's official reply to Herr Hitler's Reichstag speech. That speech by the German leader does not appear to have damaged Britain's determination or her sense of humor. 
A columnist in today's Daily Telegraph says, Hitler's speech has prompted the suggestion that he sleeps in a nightshirt made of the Versailles Treaty, pinned together with an umbrella and a cigar. I return you now to CBS in New York.